You're listening to Always a Critic. My name is Alice Fitzgerald and with me I have my co-host Megan Mulgrew and today we will be reviewing Thieves Land by Sergio Blanco at the Arcola Theatre. Mm-hmm. Yes. But before we get into um, that review, we have an announcement to make. <laughs> we, have, we have a sad announcement to make. Today is our um, last episode of Always a Critic. We'll pause so you can cry a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we, we're both uh, moving um, away from London back to our respective homelands. Yes. Um, so because... Our visas are up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they're kicking us out of the country. Now we turned in our dissertations and now it's time to leave. <laughs> time to go. So um so yeah, we're really we're really sad to be finishing up so soon after um starting. Mm-hmm. But we hope you guys have enjoyed it. And we also wanna say that we um have a couple of other um projects and ideas for new podcasts in the works. Mm-hmm. So um, please watch this space if you've enjoyed this show. Um, keep an eye on our social media platforms because we'll definitely be making announcements about those um, as they as they come up. Um, but yeah, the show as you as you currently know it um, can't really go on because we won't be in the same country anymore. We won't be able to see the same shows anymore. That's so dramatic. We just can't go on. <laughs> It's appropriate for a theatre podcast. I know, exactly. (laughs) Um, But yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into our final review. (laughs) Um, And we're very excited about this show. And actually, um, we kind of usually, you know, we give recommendations at the very end. Um, However, we are going to sort of flip-flop it a little bit today. (laughs) Um, Mainly because this podcast is going to have a lot of spoilers that are um, completely um, pertinent to the show itself um, that we'd really like to discuss. However, um, we would recommend that you go see this show. Yeah, um, but we're saying straight up now, go, go and see, see this show. We both absolutely highly recommend it. And we don't necessarily want to ruin some of the really interesting surprises. Um, yeah, we don't want you to have to um, listen all the way to the end for this one to see if you should go to it, because if you do that, um, a lot of really um, important things will um, kind of be spoiled for you a little bit. So, mm. um, yeah, we're saying right now we recommend this show, mm-hmm. um, and I think now we'll <laughs> get now into our we'll critique. Into but you have it. been warned. You spoiler have been warned. Spoiler alert. alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> um, All right. Great. So, I mean, this seems like kind of a silly question now because we've just said how much we'd recommend it, but Megan, did you enjoy this show? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, I've been kind of like, I keep a tally of all the shows I've seen whilst being in London, um, because when I go back home, there's not much theatre and I want to remember (laughs) all the amazing productions that I've seen. And, um, you know, this past week I've been trying to be like, okay, like, what's my top, like, five? What's my top three? And I definitely think Thieves Land has is in my top five, if not my top three mm-hmm. favorite things that I've seen mm-hmm. thus far. So uh, an, yeah. what amazing last show to sort of see. And do for this show, yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
What about you, Alice? What did you think about the show? <laughs> I, I'm not sure that was even intelligible. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, no, I, yeah, same. I just thought this show was fantastic in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I just can't... I'm glad we said this off the bat because I just cannot recommend this show highly enough. Mm. I also want to say, um, because I like to make note of these sort of things um, in this show, um, we went to the Alcohol Theatre on a Tuesday night where they have mm. a lovely um, pay-what-you-want scheme. Mm. So pay you, what you can, yeah. Pay what you can, yeah. So mm. you, you, you line up at 6 o'clock and then um, you get a ticket. And I think everyone that lined up got a ticket. It was, it was pretty um, mm-hmm. relaxed. And um and then you just you just pay what you want and then um and then what's great is then happy hour runs till six thirty <laughs> so we went to the bar and made the most of happy hour because we were there in time for it so it was yeah. a lovely um very reasonably priced night mm. out mm. so if you're in London and you want to see theatre um on a budget I would highly recommend checking out the Arcola Theatre on a on a Tuesday yeah. night and also the the theatre there I've I've been there a couple of times and I've enjoyed highly enjoyed everything that I've seen there so definitely like a really cool venue. Yeah, um, especially for students on a budget. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. So yeah, I like to I like to point that sort of thing out. Um, I also like really quickly want to sort of um, flag the fact that this is actually um, this play um, is a part of the um, Casa Latin American Theater Festival that's happening um, until the end of October. Um, that's going to be happening at the Arcola Theater in Southwark uh, Playhouse. Um, so definitely, like, check it out. I think it's going to be, it's highlighting a number of different shows from different Latin American and South American countries. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that, personally. I, I'm all about seeing international theater. And this is a really, real, this and it was a very strong show, and I'm sure the rest of them are also, like, yeah. brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, this, so this show, um, originally... Um, was first um, played in Colombia, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's written by a Franco-Uruguayan playwright, like you said, named um, Sergio Blanco, mm-hmm. um, and it's been um, translated and adapted um, for the English stage. So I think the translation was done by um, Rob Cavazos and um, Daniel Goodman. Daniel, sorry, Daniel Goldman uh, was the director and um, adapter of this play for the English stage. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, so let's get into it. Now that we've got that out of the way, <laughs> um, what did what? Okay, what was your favorite thing about this production? Um, well, I think maybe like just a really quick, like brief, what it is. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I always forget this part. <laughs> so essentially, I, I mean, it kind of starts off. I mean, quite frankly, you see this huge cage on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it looks kind of like it literally looks like a prison cage because um, that's what it is. And inside you have um, this man who is sitting there imprisoned and sort of watching as you come in. And yeah, yeah. What a a what a cool way to start the show. Um, which sometimes I actually sometimes I don't like it when actors start off on stage. Yeah. But this I thought was really worked really well and was really unnerving. So essentially, you kind of learn that. Um, the character on stage is a, is a prisoner um, mm-hmm. uh, who killed his father. Um, patricide is a major, major um, theme. theme. It's um, the theme of this show. <laughs> yes, and um, the play itself is sort of like part fiction, part autobiography. They call it kind of like almost like documentary style theater or, or faux documentary style theater because it had a lot of like elements that were based in fact and also mm-hmm. a lot of elements that were based in fiction. Um and so you have this 
um, director playwright character who um, is basically attempting to write a play based on this inmate's um, life and his story. Um, and it kind of goes in from there. There's some, um, obviously because it deals with patricide, you, you have the conversation of Oedipus coming mm-hmm. up quite frequently. And um, yeah, I think that's kind of like a basic core of what it is. But what's interesting about it is that what is the truth, like what is fact and what is fiction gets completely sort of muddled throughout the entire play. And you're left with these, like, really shocking moments where you thought something was true. Yeah. And in reality, it was just, like, a theater, a theatrical sort of... Absolutely. Um, Which yeah. is why we, we made such a point of saying, spoiler alert at the beginning of this, because mm. I think this, sh- this show has a series of reveals, mm. I guess you could call them, um, where, like you said, what, what something that you thought was true um, turns out not to be true. And... and the way they play with your sense of um, reality and um, and trust in them as storytellers and actors is is really fascinating. Mm-hmm. I think I'm not sure if we said as well that the it's 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 centered around the idea that this playwright character is going to talk to this prisoner mm-hmm. and doing a series of interviews with him because he wants to write a play about mm-hmm. um, patricide and about the, what what that is and, and and actually wants to his concept is to have someone who actually committed patricide to being on stage mm-hmm. um so and this is the sort of one the first of and probably i would say the biggest reveal of the whole show is that at the beginning um this this person like you said is he's sitting on stage it's, um, it's it's played by um this playwright characters um called T, but it's played by Trevor White, and so it yeah. is this, um, and specifically because we both bought the, bought the play scripts, uh, that's sort <laughs> of done to even entwine reality and fiction that much more. You had, like, Trevor White, his, like, some of his real-life occurrences he talked about at the very beginning of the show, and yeah. so you're not quite sure what is actually Trevor White and what is the character that was written. Yeah, they, um, they blended the actor's real life into the, into yes. the script. I think, I think, yeah, um... We, I think we could talk about that more, but I just yeah. want to quickly say that, yeah, so the, this um, this character T, mm. this playwright, comes on and he says that this is his concept and he wanted to have this real prisoner on stage and then he says, and he says that's why I got this, this massive cage on stage. That was one of the requirements for me having this prisoner mm. on stage. And so, the, the, okay, I want to straight up say this. The atmosphere in the room just. when this <laughs> character said... I wanted to have a, a person who's killed their father mm. on stage. And, you know, that's why we've got this cage here. And um, when um, Alex Austin, who um, was this prisoner, mm. um, was... It's Martin Santos. Yeah. The prisoner himself. Yeah. Um, was sitting in the cage. Mm. He was sort of looking at all of us. And I just got a chill because I think, you know, you deep down you're like, no, that can't be true. You can't mm. actually, they're, you know, they're not going to let a guy out of jail to come and be on stage. But they're selling it with such conviction mm-hmm. that this, the atmosphere in the room just, just changed and suddenly you're like, oh my God, is that what I'm watching? Is that is that yeah. what this show is? Holy moly. That's, <laughs> um, well, and, and the atmosphere was like really palpable, I felt, with people kind of wondering what was going on and 
looking at this man and thinking, oh, oh my God, is that a guy that's... Is he actually, like... Is, am I looking at a murderer right now? Like, is that mm. what's happening? And then, that's um... so interesting. And then it's... so interesting on so many levels. Yeah, and then it it's revealed that, no, this is not um, actually um, Martin, the character, that the, the, the person who killed his father. We're looking at um, Alex, the actor. Although um, he oh goes no, by Oh, no, are we getting their names? Yeah. yeah. Because the thing is, Alex... That's right. The real right. actor plays an actor called Freddy, <laughs> who is playing right. so Martin. Yes. And so Alex takes on, throughout the entire show, takes on what we know is like the real Martin, and yeah. that where you have almost, I don't even want to call them flashbacks, but very similar to kind of like flashback-esque hmm. kind of things. or in Reenactments that, of the meetings of, between this playwright yeah. and um, this and then And then him as Freddy, the actor. Yeah. So, Yeah. Um, and, 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 and so and he, and he, right. um, goes, goes in and out of being this cat, this actor, Freddie, mm. and being this, um, uh, prisoner, Martin, mm. um, Alex, the actor does. So he, he transforms many times throughout this production. Which is just meta on a variety of things, oh. as you can imagine. <laughs> yeah, well, I already feel like we're going down the rabbit hole and trying to explain this production. I know, I know. So I'm almost wondering, let's just like talk about the things that we really liked what I yes um I think one of my favorite things about it as a part as apart from just like it being a really lovely two-hander because I think both of both of these both of these actors Trevor White and Alex Austin are amazing um tour de forces um maybe this is because I was in such dissertation mode (laughs) it was real what it actually highlighted a couple different things that I have found myself struggling you know like with um, representation and writing and theater and all this sorts of stuff um, because there'd be these moments where um, T would be talking to Freddie and he'd be like yeah and then Martin did this but I think I'm gonna change this <laughs> and, and I think I'm gonna change this and then Freddie would be like oh but did he actually say that and he would be like well no but like it sounds better if, it, if you say it like this yeah and yeah. so it it really kind of was a really interesting study mm. into like how theater works and why do we and why do and like what do we keep and what do we not keep in order to tell the story and like ah uh, yeah so it really kind of highlighted a lot of those things that I've been turning around in my head and I think um, it brought up moral questions about absolutely. um about what what your right or responsibilities are as a writer and a storyteller and mm-hmm. how you do um manipulate the truth and as we saw in this play yeah the truth was constantly being manipulated mm-hmm. um for us and um, and for the um, characters on stage, um, I yeah I, I I thought another thing that it highlighted really well is the enormous uh, divide between um, uh, academia and um, the the type of theatre that can be mm. quite pretentious, and I would inaccessible. say. And inaccessible. Yeah. It really did an amazing job of highlighting that divide between that and a regular person that theatre is often trying to represent. And mm. it did that through having this character of T, this character, this playwright character. He was really... And I really enjoyed this because you could see the playwright sort of making fun of themselves mm. in this writing. This character... Um, is pretentious and he uses these um, huge words these huge and like all words. these references that no one would get. Makes references order. to philosophers like Roland Barthes, who like if you You're unless like, you've studied um, philosophy, <laughs> um, and different like in music and 
art and all these different things. Yeah. That, like, unless uh, you have studied them, you are not going to know. Who unless any... you're in academia or, yeah. or you study theatre. I mean, and this is the thing, you and I do, and I think, you know, it's safe to say we did get these references, and I was still rolling my oh, eyes I, going... There's a, there was a couple of them that went right over my head. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what that is. No, for sure. But, I mean, I mean, in general, I think even if you did get the references, mm. there was this level of... And I think it was well acted and well written in this way. There was this level of pretension in the way mm. it was delivered that you just were rolling your eyes, going, why, why, why is that... Um, okay, this is what I, I think I'm getting at. The... The contrast between the real life situation of this character we're seeing, um, and and I say real life, and this is where this play gets so complicated because mm-hmm. it's not real life; it's this character. But but in the play, this real life situation of this young man who's killed his own father, the horror and um, sadness of that situation and his abusive relationship with his father, which is what led him to that act, contrasted so much with the um, kind of fantasies of this playwright mm, and how this mm. playwright often wanted to make references to Oedipus and, and, and ancient Greece and and, things, and that's obviously why the, the show is called Thebes Land is mm. because, um oh and there you go I just did it, oh obviously that's why it's called Thebes Land It's a direct reference <laughs> to Oedipus which is a very um, a famous Greek play. Basically where we get the concept of like the Oedipal complex which is like the son kills the <laughs> has this innate desire to kill the father because he has sexual feelings for the Well, that was, that was Freud's, Freud's interpretation yeah. of it. That's Freud's interpretation of it. Um, but in the, so in, in the original Oedipus, essentially, um, you um, and I think a lot of people would have heard of Oedipus because it's kind of in the common yeah. vernacular, but um, he accidentally kills his father and marries his mother without realising who either of them are. Gotta love the Greeks. Uh, oh, yeah. So, obviously, so Oedipus is this... Um, is this representation of patricide um, mm. in Western in the Western canon that um, this playwright keeps kind of going back to, and he keeps going back to lots of different um, people in the canon and um, in the arts who've had difficult relationships with their fathers, like um, Dostoevsky, um, the Russian writer. He references him a lot, and he talks, mm. to, and and he and he just throws up these really, um, you know, uh, 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 I, I I don't know how to say this these references that just aren't connected at all to the real situation he's dealing with. Yeah. And um, he keeps making these parallels to all these, like, other sort of art mediums in the life of of, of um, Martin Santos. Like, yes. Like, he even says at one point, oh, man, Martin says something or does something, and T then sort of explains it to Freddie, and Freddie's like, oh, my gosh, that's horrific that's awful and then t says i found it very theatrical (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is such i think the reason like why alice and i were basically giggling through all through all that is because we have done and have seen other people do that all the time we are absolutely guilty of it ourselves absolutely and, and it was and it was a real um yeah, it was it was a real kind of in joke about the theatre industry in a way, and and how it it can be just unbelievably pretentious sometimes. I think I've used that word so many times in this podcast, but I think it, <laughs> it just it just um, fits. <laughs> um, but what I loved about this show is that, and there's so many things, but one of the big things for me is that that is how um, the show starts out. So you've got this character T who is. Um, kind of off with the cl- in the, in the clouds a little bit um and is very academic and 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 probably a bit posh and then um you've got uh Mar- both Martin and Freddie who are from probably different um different backgrounds so Martin talks with a very um 
inner city London mm. um, accent, whereas um, Freddie is a little bit more, a little bit less um, um, like inner city, like rough sort of vernacular, but still um, not as not nearly as posh as T. So you've mm. got these different these different characters who are trying to communicate across these different levels of background and understanding and what what happens originally is martin is is constantly telling t you use big words i don't understand you i don't understand the way you speak Mm. and t's constantly going oh oh, okay well what i really mean is this and and they're having these real problems with communicating and understanding each other and then slowly without even without you even realizing it the characters build this sort of bridge and and they they make this connect this profound connection with one another um especially the characters of the playwright and and martin the prisoner they 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 just connect and they become so intimate by the end of the show Mm. in a way that is so i'm feeling emotional just thinking about it again it is so affecting and so beautiful and um and i just just what an amazing uh, way to write characters, I mm. thought. I thought mm. to have these characters start out feeling so distant from each other and then having them so beautifully and what what how it felt very natural, the way they just came together. And by the end, it was just so moving how much they clearly felt for each other. Mm. And I think that is one of the crowning achievements of this production is mm. um, the way those characters were written and, and performed, I will say, as well, because I think we should talk about how incredible oh. the acting was, too. Oh, yeah. Um, and b- but before we get into acting, mm-hmm. I want to say, like, one thing that, like, I really um, appreciated on, like, I don't know, it just, like, it just, like, hit my heart. <laughs> um, I, and I will say that it happens very early on when we sort of, are led to assume that the actor on stage is an actual prisoner. And mm. honestly, you know, like, I think a lot of people are like, oh my god, ooh, what? That's scary. <laughs> um, I felt, I was heartbroken. Um, because you have a, a human being on stage in a cage. Um, mm. And and by, by someone saying, or being led to believe that it might actually be a prisoner, I just was like, oh, that's, that's so sad. It felt like it felt like he was like a um, a zoo animal mm. that we were just sort of watching, and um, and even when you discover that it's really just an actor, it's still that idea that um, Martin, the character, um, and it is like this this play is partly autobiographical because mm. um, Sergio Blanco took aspects of his own life um, when writing this play in the original Spanish translation. So you have to wonder if Martin Santos is an actual human being somewhere on the world Mm. um and there because there's this constant you know um t goes back and forth within this cage like this cage is is like outside like he's outside but he's in a cage whilst being outside playing (laughs) sports um and you when you learn about martin's story you're like does he really deserve this of all things does he really deserve to have this Extremely, and so it brings up questions about you know um, the prison system and mm. and 
law and what is justice and all these Absolutely. sorts of things. Especially, and he, they talk about that sort of in conjunction with Oedipus as well, because Oedipus doesn't know that he kills his father. He has no knowledge of it. So is it really patricide if he didn't? So know is it really patricide? And, and then at one point, yeah, Freddie, Freddie, the character Freddie, mm. says when he's talking about Martin, he says, "But I've been thinking it." it it was was he even no? It, I don't think it's Freddie. I think it's T. T he says, he's like, "I've been thinking. Is it was it even patricide for Martin? Even though it he was knew like it was his father, survival, but yeah. it was it was yeah, it was really an act of self defense at the end of the day, coming out of this um, abusive relationship." Um, uh, yeah. So so many questions about morality and about the way our yeah, like you said, our justice system works and all of these things and the and the way um the system lets people down. Mm. Um, and poverty lets people down. Um, mm. um, oh my gosh. It, yeah. Heart-wrenching. Heart-wrenching, like, I, like, yeah. And especially at the end, you know, when T ultimately has to like go put on display and, and he doesn't know when the next time he's going to be able to come see, um, Martin. It's this idea of, you can, you really got the sense of Martin being abandoned again by, by another father figure yeah yeah i want to talk about this because because I, I i think that the way i always talk about the way their sort of relationship developed as the mm. play went on what i found so profoundly interesting is they managed to make this relationship both intimate in the sense of it was sort of like a father and a son because um martin the character is sort of you can see is about like 20 years old mm. whereas t is sort of late 30s early 40s so you see this you see this relationship that could be very paternal and is at times quite paternal, mm. but then it's also um, at times sexual. At times they're, they're clearly attracted to one another and it's this interweaving of that, which you, that, like sounds, a huge love that sounds story. a bit like, ew, that's weird. But it really isn't the way they, the way they play it out. They, they mm. more just play it out in a way that, to These me... These are two people who like really care for yeah, each other. Yeah, and I think it highlights levels. the complexity of intimate relationships and 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 um and and it does so not just in that sense of love but also in terms of hatred they talk a lot about um martin at one point uh, one point asks t if he's ever wanted to kill his father and he says yes i think we all have mm. um and so it's talking about um hating people and loving people and tackling these massive issues mm. but in this really um intimate schools small scale Mm -hmm. And I also want to say that, like, even though, like, we're we're definitely talking about some heavy things right now, <laughs> it was so funny. Oh yeah, I absolutely! Was dying laughing the entire time. There's this great moment where um, I think Freddie is dancing to a Whitney Houston song <laughs> because T wants to put it into the play and like obviously watching it you're just like oh or no it's even there is two parts there's one where he's like dancing to it and making fun of it and then T has him perform this very dramatic scene <laughs> That's um, right, yeah. to the tune of like Whitney Houston <laughs> and, and it's, it's so melodramatic it's the most ridiculous thing like <laughs> oh man it was great but the thing is I've also seen directors in other shows make a choice like that. Exactly, so it was making fun so, of theater again it was through that. It was so great. It was so funny. It really was. The actors were really witty, really quick, um, really, like, comic timing was amazing. Mm. Um, yeah, and then, and then I think this is the thing, is you're sort of laughing all the way through, and then these big issues that it's tackling, for me at least, don't really hit you until you've left the theater. Yeah. You're sort of just sitting there enjoying it and watching these characters and, and, and having a laugh, and it's really interesting, but I think the amount, the levels and the layers of complexity of this show don't start to kind of crash over you until you've left. Absolutely. And yeah, um, I think, I want to talk about, you mentioned the ending, so I want to talk about that really quickly as well. The, um, when they do say goodbye, these characters, 
That was my favourite moment of mm. the play. Probably one of my favourite moments I've seen in theatre in a very long time. My um, sort of heart rose up in my throat. <laughs> I, was, I felt so emotionally affected by this... Her eyes are all moment. glassy right now. She's like <laughs> too emotional <laughs> about it. I, it was just so beautiful and so well acted, and um, and then they played this this song right at the end um by Foles. I can't remember what song it is now, which is gonna annoy me. Um, but it's this great song that I really like anyway. And then it was just a beautifully chosen piece of music for this this mm. ending, and it was. One of the one of the most amazing endings to a play mm. that I've seen this year, absolutely. Yeah, very like satisfying and and but yeah. also heartbreaking, but also like lovely because and uplifting and, and all those different uh, things. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, real fast, I do want to like talk about the actors. Um, yeah, we got to yeah. real quick. Um, and then really briefly about the set because there's some like set things I thought were incredibly interesting. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Wow. Um, Trevor Way and Alex Austin. I want to say, like, Alex, like, from the get-go, it was so, I mean, he, when you first come into this space and you see him on stage in the cage, even though, like, at the beginning we do think, oh, actor, duh, um, (laughs) he, the way he moved as Martin just screams, like, predator from, in the beginning, right? Like, where he Mm. had this very kind of, like, um, yeah, like a big cat, like, uh, like a lion or something, like, pacing the term and he wasn't pacing necessarily like in the beginning of the show he's just there but it was the way that he like held his shoulders and like his head and his jaw that you like when he moved you just saw him it was very slow and very like specific and you were just like waiting for him to kind of attack it was hugely intimidating i would say yeah and and that i thought oh i I was like chills chills which made his like when you see Martin sort of his walls break down, um, and his become his body become a little bit looser and a little bit less rigid, um, that was like I think a amazing physical transformation. Also, I want to say that Alex switching from <laughs> switching from this sort of like hulking, pacing, predatory Martin into this really like bubbly, <laughs> lighthearted, eager um, to please, Freddy, yeah. eager to please like puppy, um, <laughs> that is Freddy was really fun and he would do it in an instant and he there would be these really interesting moments where it would be a freddy and t scene but but he will be like oh yes he said and then martin and martin's back and you hear the martin voice and you're like oh like it's His like this split second voice work and physicality Amazing. were unbelievable his transformations between these two characters was so seamless. seamless and so believable. When he was Martin, I believed him. And then when he was Freddy, and I believed him. And I, even though I could see him transforming in front of my eyes, I believed both characters so much. Mm. And I, what, what ended up happening is, at the beginning, I noticed the transition most, mostly because of his voice, because the two characters mm. have quite different accents. And then towards the end, I felt like I knew both characters so well. There was a moment, and both of them have, are so, were so distinct even though the same actor was playing them, there was a moment where Alex shifted from being Freddie to Martin and he hadn't even said anything yet. He just just slightly changed the way he moved and, mm. I, and I thought, oh, he's Martin again. Mm. And then he spoke and he was. And that is just an incredible testament to, this, to Alex's performance mm. that I knew without even the um, accent helping me 
who, who was he was suddenly on stage. Yeah. It was just sensational to watch in terms of just if you love watching good acting. Like, oh, oh my god, it was so amazing. Yeah, was... Um Trevor as well, he was so great. He was so um believable and so so weirdly like I, I talked a lot about how his character is very pretentious but <laughs> but 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 still really likable and really yeah. charming. Like like don't get me wrong, he was he had this charm and this Especially since he had to like interact with the audience. I mean some of his stuff was actually improvs in a way, because like he mm-hmm. there would be something that would happen in the audience and he would completely direct it like it was it was there was no fourth wall whatsoever um to the fact to the point where like someone's phone went off and he was like you all right over there (laughs) (laughs) you good (laughs) and I will say like as as an actor it was really kind of fun to see uh and a fellow actor on stage be able to take agency a little bit um (laughs) calling out someone when things when things like that happen you know what I mean but also yeah, he was able to, like, really kind of, like, connect with the audience. Himself. Yeah, absolutely, and the liveness of the event and the, mm. and the fact that, yeah, things happen in a theatre. Mm. And I love that he just acknowledged those things and then kept going with the show and um and acknowledged us. As, you know, we, we were sort of, a, it felt like we were sort of part of the show as well. Mm. Or it felt at least like the show wouldn't at all be the same if there wasn't an audience in the room. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't think it would. I don't no, it would. and and that's that's really important because that's sort of the crucial element of theatre. Yeah, it's um, another level to the meta that's going <laughs> on in the show. Um, yeah, and so and then oh, I want to talk about this. Their their chemistry as actors was fire. So <laughs> fire, so amazing, so amazing. And I don't just mean like kind of a slightly sexual chemistry. I just mean chemistry in terms of two actors connecting on stage and working together so well and so seamlessly and I've seen a few productions recently that have really um let been let me down I think in terms of the characters just not connecting on stage and it's Mm. it's it's almost as though you're watching solo actors do their own performances and there's Mm. just no there's just no um like I said connection between their characters which I think is what makes really good drama unfold on stage and these these guys just just gave us all a masterclass in it because they were just so unbelievably connected, both as Freddie and T and as Martin and T. Mm. Um, their characters were just, yeah, really amazingly connected and um, they just worked together so well in the space. And and then when their, char- when their characters' relationships started to become more intimate, um, they sort of let that intimacy that you could see exist between those two as actors very strongly because they obviously trust each other very much. Mm. They sort of let that unfold and revealed it more and more to us. Oh, it was just so great. They were they were really fantastic. Yeah. I'm I think I'm just gonna be thinking about this show for a long time. And like really I quickly I wanna talk about the set yes. before we have yes. to go. Um we should there say because... the designs by um Jemima Robinson. Yes. And uh lighting and video was by Richard Williamson and the sound was by um um, Alina Penner. Um, and so obviously the, like, the cage itself was like, extremely effective, but they also had these screens, like these mm-hmm. television screens at the top of the cage, and you saw security cameras, right? And they would use these sometimes, so you could watch basically as if you were like a security guard watching the sort of action yeah. take place. And there was this very cool moment um, which spooked the heck out of me. Um and y'all know I love my spooks. I loved it. Um, but it was truly, like, very unnerving. Where, because um, Martin, the character, um, 
has epilepsy, and sometimes he goes into these epileptic states where he has visions. Mm -hmm. Um, And he claims that he saw a vision um, right before he killed his father. Um, Basically, almost like this angel sort of figure kind of, like, pointing, right? Pointing at... At the cutlery drawer, which we should say yeah. is what Martin eventually uses a fork to kill yeah. his father. And, um, and yeah. so there's this moment where uh, Martin gets very highly agitated in a scene with him and T. And all of a sudden, like, on the screen... And, and he brings out a fork. Apparently he's had a fork, like, with him the entire time. You're just like... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you look up on the screen, and all of a sudden... I don't know, because it's a live feed. So it had to be something... I don't know what they... This would have been, been pre-recorded, this bit. And no, think... it wasn't. It wasn't, because I was watching very carefully what they did, because I, I saw a couple of glitches that told me that basically what they did, there was an angel on the screen, right, pointing. Um, pointing at T. Pointing at T. And so it's this, like, very, like, scary moment, and you're looking down at the box, and there's no angel. Obviously, you just see it on the screen. The thing is... It was live. It was still a live feed because they were doing what? the exact same movements. Yes, and then there'd be instances where you saw the video like move like a little too quickly, and you saw this little like shake of the of the angel figure. So you knew that it was like a it was a it was put onto it. Um, I don't know how they did it. Are you sure? I because I, I thought swear, it was a pre-recorded scene, no, and they were just they just choreographed it really no, well. No, no, they didn't do it because, like, honestly, like if you, I was watching because I was like, that is the, one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Yeah. And there was slight shifts of the angel thing. You know what? I'm not sure we're being clear enough. So on the screen, you see this angel pointing at T, mm. and you're worried that Martin is gonna. So you're seeing what Martin is seeing on the yes. screen, but then you look down at the cage in front of you, and there's, and there's only two there. people in the sta- on yeah. the stage. And in the screen, there's three people on and stage. I and thought it originally, is incredibly scary I know, to watch. I thought it was very spooky. I originally thought it was pre-recorded, but I don't think it is. I think it's literally the live feed, and okay. somehow... I want to almost see it again so I can prove it to you. <laughs> because it... The angel. Hey, Richard so Williamson, uh, who's the video designer, so, let us know. <laughs> that is a great trick. However, you did it, it, it was, was so unnerving. You pointed it out to me. I wasn't even looking up at the screen. I was looking. Oh, uh, it was and scary. Megan nudged me, and I looked up, and I almost jumped out of my seat seeing this mm. figure on the screen that isn't actually there on stage. Mm. And what was incredible that about that is it gives you such an amazing insight into the horror that Martin experiences when he has these fits, these mm. epileptic fits and these visions, um, because you're feeling that as you're watching this mm-hmm. this image. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, really amazing. I want to talk about lighting as well, because the lighting in this um, production was so understated, I want to say, um, in the, but so, so well done. Mm. Because there were times where it shifted from very... Um, naturalistic sort of almost like daylight lighting like it looked like they, they they were in yeah daylight and then there were other times when um it shifted to kind of nighttime light, lighting then theatrical lighting and, and 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 it shifted very seamlessly and naturally I felt with the way the characters were sort of feeling and their their internal experiences and it, and so so naturally that it took me ages before I started paying attention to mm-hmm. it and it was only right towards the end I started I paying attention to it and that's clever design. yeah <laughs> and then right at the end I, again I keep going back to the, the the very last moment the very last thing we see mm. is um, Martin's face on stage being lit up um, and all the lights on stage start to go da- down mm. and they go down 
more and more and more until the very last thing we just see is Martin's face and he smiles slightly and then the lights go down. Oh, oh it was so beautiful. Um, oh. Yeah, design was very, very cool. Wow. Uh, well, I just, I feel like we could literally talk about this for ages. And this is one of those shows where I just feel like I haven't done it justice at all. No, not at all. Because it's so complex and so wonderful to watch. that Now, now thinking about what we've just said, I'm like, oh, that... That's not, that didn't explain it at all. I know. All I can say is, please go and see it. <laughs> please go and see it. Please go and see it. Like I, like I said, we bought the play text because we, yeah, we both we did. loved it so much. And I, I'd love to see it again, quite frankly. And it was so good. Um, it really but was. unfortunately, we do have to pull this to an end. Um, yeah, it has to be at some point. We both. Highly recommend. <laughs> um, and I like I said, I, I think it's in my top three favorite shows that I've seen. I yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Excellent writing, excellent acting. And we should say excellent directing as well. We haven't even really talked about oh, the directing yeah, the at all. Adaptation was lovely. And Daniel Goldman who who directed it. I wanna give him credit for um what no doubt was the um developing that chemistry between those two actors because I think when it comes down to it, that is a, part, a big part of a director's job. And when I said before that I'd seen plays that, that failed to do that, I put that firmly at the feet of the director, not the actors, because um, that that is something that takes time to develop between actors, and a director needs to do that. And I, I imagine that they spent time in the rehearsal room doing that because it showed on stage. Mm. And so... Um, mm. And, I mean, everything, the way it was choreographed, the way um, the... the way the dialogue was delivered, all of that is direction, and, and I think Daniel Goldman did a great job. Yeah, yeah. and I loved the adaptation. The, I know it's a good adaptation if it makes you want to read the original. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was, I want to read the original Spanish translation, even though I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> uh, good luck. <laughs> listen, you can do anything if you believe. <laughs> On that weird note... <laughs> Let's finish up. Um, thanks so much for listening, guys. If you've been yeah. with us since um, the beginning of this show, uh, oh. we really appreciate it. Yeah, seriously. Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, it's been quite a journey, and um, I know that I've thoroughly enjoyed doing it and being able to talk with a couple of you guys. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's been... It's been fun. Yeah, we're Thanks sad to be finishing up, but yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening. And um, as usual, you can still get in contact with us. All of our social media and email accounts and stuff will remain up because, like we said, um, watch this space. We're gonna we've got a couple of new things in the works. Yeah, um, and if you if you live in America or Australia and you. <laughs> If you're from Melbourne, and yeah. I don't know where I'm ending up quite, <laughs> most likely the northwest of the state. So if you live in that area and you have anything that like you'd like to chat to us about or like shows that you'd like us to come see, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, We're still going to be doing our thing. Yeah. Just miles and miles apart. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, so please do um, email us at alwaysacritic100 at gmail.com if you still want to um, talk about any... I think just this morning we got an email from a, a girl about Girl from the North Country, our review of that. Yeah. So, you know, email us about any of our past um, episodes, please. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we will get back to you. Um, and also, yeah, keep keep in contact, keep watching um, Facebook. Uh, we're on Facebook as Always a Critic Podcast and um, Twitter as at Always Critics. Um, we will be around <laughs> in the social around. media universe. <laughs> <laughs> And um, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Yeah. Watch the space. <laughs> Thanks for listening, Thanks. guys. <laughs>
Always a Critic is produced by Megan Mulgrew and myself. Our sound designer is Will Thompson and our artwork is by Ella Rogowskis. We'd like to thank the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama for making this podcast possible.